Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Fourth straight in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast the peanuts fresh and hot every day, and the pickle bar is indeed second to none. Great to have you with us on the show today. Lou Prado, next half hour with the Generations of Greatness game. Coming up tomorrow, we'll talk a little history with Lou Prado. On a day tomorrow where Jack Ham is going to be honored, and he's the honorary captain tomorrow. In fact, there'll be an event tonight at uh, that I'm going over to at 5.30 this evening. This is in conjunction with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's it's the road to the Hall of Fame is what it's called. And the Hall of Famer can pick a spot that was pivotal in their road to getting to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. And last year, Dan Deardorff of uh, Michigan chose Michigan, and they did the event there. Now, you could pick your high school. You could pick a junior high. You could pick whatever. Well, Jack picked Penn State, and he's being honored in conjunction with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he called me up back in February, and he said, you know what, I, I need your help with something. I said, sure, yeah, what do you need? He says, "He says, they want to do this event. He, says, I, he said, we need to find out you know, the key people to talk to to make it happen and so forth. And then George Varis from the Pro Football Hall of Fame called, called me, and we probably talked two or three different times, but I got him names, numbers, things like that. In other words, the protocol as to how to do it. And they were going to do it the blue-white game. And when they were, then all of a sudden they, they changed up. And the reason they changed up is that Penn State said, no, that's not good enough. We need to do this at a regular season game. And so they made the decision to uh, pick a game, and they picked this one. And he'll be honored at that tomorrow, and he'll be the honorary captain. Now, he will not be on the field for the coin toss. He has decided that he's going to lean out the booth and wave. <laughs> so so we'll find out which members of the broadcast team attempt to photobomb as he's waving out of the booth tomorrow. And uh, also, Fran Fisher is being honored tomorrow. The late Fran Fisher, his sons uh, Jeff and Jerry will be on the field. There's a really, really nice uh, award that they're going to receive on the field uh, uh, for their family. And as you know, Fran is the godfather of everything that we now do on the Penn State Sports Network. Uh, and his influence, and I mentioned this yesterday, you look at Penn State could not have had the right combination, could not have a better combination of people at the right time. Joe Paterno, Jim Tarman, and Fran Fisher, each with their own areas of expertise and their own passion for doing the job. Fran was part of that triumphant that was so important in building the radio network, in building the rapport with the fans, and going to all the uh, 
uh, alumni events that he did over the years uh, and was the perfect ambassador for Penn State and for Penn State football, as well as being obviously an outstanding announcer in his own right, calling some of the biggest moments and was the soundtrack of Penn State football for, uh, for many, many years, many, many years on two different occasions. Uh, worked with uh, Mickey Birdstein. He worked with Jim Tarman for years, John Grant. And then, of course, uh, then came back for the 94 through 99 seasons with George Paterno, which was really, really special. Now, Sean has something he has to take care of. He's going to be with us at 4.30 today, but Matt Catrillo is with us. Hello, Matt. How are you? How are you, Steve? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, Sean uh, had to take care of a couple of things, but happy to fill in his shoes and good to be with you here on a Football Friday. Football Friday, indeed. There's a lot going on. High school football going on across the area tonight, including Shikolimi back in action against Shamokin. That'll be at 7 o'clock this evening. 6.30 will be the airtime with Kevin Herr and Dick Hort. Uh, so Kevin and the coach will be at Shamokin tonight for Shikolimi and Shamokin this evening. Uh, Sealands Grove's got a big one tonight. You'll hear on Eagle 107. But that's a 6 o'clock airtime with a 7 o'clock kickoff. Lewisburg, of course, at home tonight on 100.9 The Valley. And uh, you've got, I think they've got, do they have Southern Columbia tonight? Lewisburg has Montoursville Montours, tonight. Montoursville. Southern Columbia's got, Southern Milton, Columbia's got tonight. Milton tonight. Correct. And that's on WMLP. Uh, that's going to be a tough one coming up yeah, this evening. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> very, very tough. Actually, the college football slate's very good tonight. It's one of those rare Friday nights where you sit back and go, wow, we have choices. Big Pac-12 Miami's, matchup. You've got well. That'll be the last one I'm getting to here, Matt. You've got Miami and uh, and Duke tonight. Illinois playing Nebraska tonight, and then the nightcap you reference, which I think is a really good game. Washington State at home at Martin Stadium to take on USC tonight. Pullman. Yeah, absolutely. Two, That'll be a good one. Two really good quarterbacks in that one. I know Sam Darnold has not quite had the season that all of us who witnessed him firsthand in the Rose Bowl thought he would have, but Sam Darnold is still a really good quarterback. And Luke Falk for uh, Washington State is a really good quarterback. So that'll be at 10.30 tonight. So, I mean, it's, it's the late game. It is a West Coast game. Remember, it is 7.30 in Pullman. But, uh, yeah, that'll be the... Uh, that game intrigues me. I know, at the very least, I know I, I, I'm confident I can hang into halftime, Matt. Well, you know what? You hey. make a full night right. out of it, Steve. You go into, uh, you come back from your high school games. You come back, watch that game. Perfect, perfect nights to end the uh, the football day here. Matt. Okay. Yes. Okay. On on my road of life, I'm closing in on sixty. As I said. <laughs> I, Okay, I'm confident I can make the. I'm confident I can make the first quarter. <laughs> right now, I'm wavering in my confidence as to whether I can make it to halftime or not. <laughs> in the old days, believe me, when I was your age, I could watch the whole game and it was no big deal. Game's over at one thirty, one forty-five. I'm fine. I'll go to bed. <laughs> now it's last night. What the heck was I watching last night? I was watching the Bears and the Packers. I watched a little bit of Iowa State and, and Texas last night. And then I was watching the Bears and the Packers. And the game was not a competitive game, but I'm watching the game because it gave me something to watch. And 
I fell asleep in the third quarter. And I woke up with four minutes to go in the game. Went, I was 35 14. <laughs> well, it also didn't help that they had the weather delay, another lightning delay, second in the last three weeks for the NFL dealing with that and, and, and affecting some games. You know what the irony is? Penn State's only, in all the years I've done it, has only had one lightning delay. And, you know, the irony of that is, it's like you always think about the convergence of things happening. It's the day Adam Talaferro got hurt out at Ohio State. People forget there was a lightning delay for that game, and it was delayed about a half an hour. And it was supposed to be a noon start, didn't start till twelve thirty. And for at the only time in my life, I remember Joe Paterno coming out wearing a hat because it was pouring down. Well, they came out after the lightning delay. He bagged the hat. <laughs> it's like the heck with this. I'm not going to do that, and and got rid of it. So tomorrow's Indiana at Beaver Stadium. Lou Prado, it's the Generations of Greatness game tomorrow. So you have a little the, the uniform. I don't think the uniform is going to make people go, oh, that doesn't look like Penn State. The uniform looks like Penn State. But the helmet will have the numbers on the side, which, by the way, when Jack can't play, the numbers were on the helmet. They're going to have gray face masks and not blue. And they're going to be wearing white shoes tomorrow. All right? And, of course, we all know the only time they wore white shoes, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's that's They lost Alabama in the national championship game. That's because they're playing Alabama in the national championship game on AstroTurf, not the field turf you see today. All right? So Penn State was not a Nike school then. They got their shoes through Adidas. And they said, look, we need turf shoes to play down at the Astrodome or at the uh, Superdome. So they sent all these white shoes down. Well, some of the guys wore black shoes, and most wore white. And so Penn State fans have had a stigma, and so did Joe, by the way. He also vowed after that game they'd never wear white shoes again. So people have had a stigma about the white shoes. Yet, if you ask the players what's the part of this uniform they're wearing tomorrow that excites them the most, it's the white shoes. (laughs) So we'll find out uh, tomorrow. I'm I'm of this of, I'm an old school guy, Matt. I'm a big believer that execution and not the color of your shoes wins the game. I would I'm probably big, agree with that. Yeah, I'm a big believer on execution. If the other team out executes you, they probably will beat you. On most cases, yes. Just just my guess. <laughs> we'll take a break. My brother's made the trip in. He's here today. He's going to go to the game tomorrow. I got you nice seats, by the way. Better be. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I got you nice seats. Pays to have connections. Right. I got connections. So. Yeah, <laughs> but they're not you. <laughs> <laughs> Never has been. He knows it too. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Welcome back. Great to have you with us on the show today. We'll be doing our pick segment. Lou Prado, by the way, next half hour. Looking forward to that. Having uh, Lou on the show. Matt Catrillo's with us. You know, Matt, you could have been the Chickalimi play-by-play guy until the coup d'etat. Well, it's funny you mention that. I'm actually still heading to Cap Memorial tonight, but I'm covering for the daily item. So I'll still be there, but just not on the mic this time. Uh, you know, I mean, Matt, <laughs> you know, just mentioned that there's a Danville Borough Council meeting called at the last second. 
he'll be out of there. This will be your chance. It'll be like watching Wally Pip and Lou Gehrig. <laughs> I'll have to keep that in mind, maybe. I'm just telling you, just hang with me. I've got a plan. <laughs> Meanwhile, the suit's in the back just shaking his head. Just shaking it. Just being the suit. Just being himself. All right. So, um, let's see. Last I checked, nobody got fired today. Uh, well, actually, Pete McCannon for the Phillies is Well, uh, well he's not fired. He, not at fired. The age of, at the age of 66, he's going to the front office. Right. Wait, I don't think this is – I think this uh, – my guess is this sounds like a mutual move. Because I think in the circumstances, he did a great job with those those the, those kids. I definitely would I really agree. do. I think he did a great job with them. I don't. I, I'm not going to. You know, he didn't have a lot to work with, and guess what? He. I think he went out there and and stabilized the on-field product, and they got better as the season went along. So I mean, look, he's 66 now. You know, the grind of going out there every single day. Hey, great nine-game road trip, fabulous. All right, can't wait. Three cities, nine days. Yeah. After a while, that wears on you. It really does. So they'll they'll hire a new manager. It'll be interesting to see Matt if they go with a guy that's already in their system that helped wean some of these young players along. Yeah, I'm curious about that too because obviously we knew McCannon wasn't going to be the guy going forward here. He was basically kind of yeah. like a stopgap type of person. But yeah, they definitely have some guys on, on that coaching staff right now that could be, or maybe they go outside. It'll definitely be very interesting to see. Yeah, and in college basketball. <laughs> I mean, this is this the layers of this. Number one, I think it, it, people have said to me in the last two days, "You don't sound like you were all that shocked by this." Oh no, I wasn't. I guarantee, I guarantee you, Calipari is part of this well, somehow, some way, or he's well, a part of it, but so, found a way to sleaze his way out. Of so it. far, he, his name hasn't come up, but this has a long, long way to go. Long way to go. It's going to depend on what they. I mean, I know they've subpoenaed Nike files. Uh, remember this. So far with this, the connections are to Adidas. So, you, so that's why you're looking at Adidas schools first mm. of all. Uh, that's why, for example, you look at Louisville Adidas school. And there's so many elements where you have assistant coaches, agents. Shoe company, the player, the families. I mean, the layers are deep in this. And remember how this started, because this is the hint as to how it's going to continue. It started with an agent in Pittsburgh who got hit up by the Securities and Exchange Commission and was in deep trouble. And the plea was, hey, if I've got some info for you, can you can you reduce my sentence why what well, is that info by the way so the next thing you want to look at is the 10 people that have been named especially the four assistant coaches let's just use a an example you're looking at 8 to 10 years you're looking at 8 to 12 years good you know, I hope Patino gets it no I'm saying you're looking at 8 to you know, hear me out you're, listening, you're looking at 8 to 12 years you get down to three if you can give me some names here. You know what I've learned? Kind of work the way up the ladder. You know what I've learned in my life? And I'm only a year behind you. 
<laughs> yes. If you Rick Pitino was always played like, oh, he is just. I knew nothing. Like he knew nothing about that prostate, the uh, call girl thing. I knew nothing about it, right. and you knew he was lying. Let me tell you something. If you can cheat on your wife, and then go home and hug her every night, and continue, you can lie to anybody. Mm. And he is nothing but a liar, and he's a scumbag. And he finally got his. Um, I hope he does jail time. Uh, he's well. He's not charged with anything. Well, he will be because he's going to play the whole thing. I didn't know. I knew nothing. I'm just saying at the moment. I'm in charge of twelve basketball players. I don't know anything at all that goes on outside of that. Give me a break. It's going to depend on what's on on the wiretaps. There's one assistant coach. If you read out, one of the assistant coaches not his, mm. where they've got wiretaps and they've got <laughs> quotes and transcripts and things like that, wanting X amount of money and then kidding around about getting this amount of money and it's isn't it, that it's always where smokers and, fire and you know? and what's really bothersome about that that assistant coach is that the guy had a long NBA career and he had money he had to have money. I mean, I'm talking like 13 years. I mean, in 13 years in the NBA, you don't make a buck 95. Uh, so you talk about somebody who is just—you kind of look at him and say, "Well, you know, he wants to keep his foot in, you know, in the game and so forth." And coach, I understand that, but you can't imagine they need the money. You can't. Maybe I'm wrong. But the layers of this, I'm telling you, they're going to pull people aside in this thing and say, hey, look, how would you like to go from 8 to 12 down to 3 years? What do you got? Give me a name. Take me on a journey up the ladder. How high does this go? Steve Jones. <laughs> no, I said going up the ladder. Okay. I, I didn't say the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> bottom of the bear. We're going to go with the announcer guy. (laughs) Really? All right. We'll take a break. Lou Prado coming up next. We'll talk about generations of greatness and about Fran Fisher. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, waters, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar is indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Love the barrels and love the dills, as Gary Goloshevsky would say. And... We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, time now for this day in sports history, 1951, the first network football game televised by CBS in color between the University of California and Penn at Franklin Field. 
The New York baseball giants played their final game at the Polo Grounds. The next year, they were in San Francisco. It's on this date in 1957. 1977, Eva Shane became the first woman to officiate a heavyweight title boxing match. 70 million people watched Muhammad Ali defeat Ernie Shavers on NBC TV. He had nicknamed Ernie Shavers the Acorn because he had a shaved head. He said, I'm going to beat the Acorn. Well, he did. So there you go. That's this day in sports history. Lou Prado here in a moment. So, Lou Prado, join us in the Sunbury Motor Studio. It's always great to have Lou Prado on board with us. Lou, great to have you here. Thank you, Steve. Looks uh, like you're feeling better, your shoulder. Yeah, I, t- I took the sling off. You know, I had a shoulder, uh, shoulder operation. The audience doesn't care here, whatever, but about me, they care about you. Just you're in oh. good shape. Oh, yeah. Just, you, you, you called a great last play. There's no Thank doubt you. about it. Uh, that's got over all over the Internet and, and uh, the uh, – I, I frankly gave up on them. I mean, I thought there's no way they could win. They gave away the game, and I should have remembered 1994. I should have remembered. Sure. I should remember. Kids, kids are different. They're not old. It's <laughs> <laughs> like me, and they they play. And you know, it, it's a game of inches. We've yeah. heard that for years. And you know, the one thing I noticed that Kasicki uh, was wide open when that. And was. if if he gets that ball over the head of, I think he was he hit uh, was was. Sorely hit, I don't know, but if he got that ball over the, that great linebacker, it's a different game. Right, no, in, in fact, early in the game, he had a ball knocked down at the line of scrimmage, and Gasicki was wide open. It was going to be a touchdown. You know, I mean, so you see things like that, and you got to remember, that's what every every game, you know, Joe always said, it's one or two, three, four, five plays makes a difference. Five plays makes, he always makes a difference in a game, and that <laughs> game are probably about ten plays, but that was a great game. Uh, but you never know. And it's a new, you know, Indiana is a seventeen-point underdog, but you know, you know, we've struggled against Indiana in the past, and you know, they let down and all that other stuff. But let them play the game. That's why they play. Thirty-three carries, fifty-three yards for Saquon Barkley against them last year. I mean, they, you know, Trace got hurt early in the game, and they affected how much they were they could run and what base they could run with them. But still. That happened in last year's game. This weekend is the generations of greatness game with the uniforms, the diamonds in the end zones, and things like that. But it's also my, my eyes are going to go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But there's also there's two elements I want to get to, and then we'll talk about a couple of other things. Number one, uh, in the road to the Hall of Fame, they are now doing something where they take a Hall of Famer. And they honor them at wherever they want to be honored. It could be their high school, it could be their peewee, it could be whatever. Okay, Jack Ham. Last year, Dan Deardorff picked Michigan. They did it at Michigan this year. Jack Ham's being honored. When you watch Jack Ham play college football, did you foresee greatness that you saw in the pro level? Uh, am I allowed to say hell? Hell no. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I saw Jack for his senior year, mm-hmm. okay, 67, 68, 69. Um, but. Um, Dennis Oncotz was the star linebacker. He was the one everybody expected to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And Denny got hurt, you know, and we didn't go into his career. And, you know, Jack is, I've become a friend of Jack's too in the last few years. You introduced me, and Rad Coach introduced me. And, uh, and uh, Jack's, a, Jack's a, a great guy. There's no doubt about it. But even he, I, he wouldn't have predicted it. I mean, there's no, I mean, he never said this to me. He may have said it to you, but it, he, he said, he, he told me up front for the, for the Radakovich book that, uh, Radakovich was his coach and trained him to be a linebacker, and then he picked him up at the Steelers. But he learned more under Radakovich than he did under Sandusky, that he really didn't learn much under Sandusky. At all, no. And so. He's told me that. But what if he had. He, I, I guess here's where I'm going. Um, we got a great linebacker down in Jacksonville named Pozluzny. Yep, and he's going to be on the show tomorrow. And will Pozluzny ever make the Hall of Fame because of who he's playing with? 
Jack was lucky, like Franco was lucky, like Bradshaw was. I mean, they had that, that team, that Steeler team, and a lot of people were responsible for that Steeler team, including Dick Hoke, Penn State's guy, who's, you know, who made the, the made the, the, the cut for the... His, his grandson took the final snap right. of the Georgia State game. Yeah, so so, so the, the, the thing is, is that you can't predict what's going to happen 20, 10, 15 years, you know, even five years. Right. If 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 uh, if Franco had not made that immaculate reception, we go. What would the team have finished with? Right. Well, the seventies were the state of the student. They're still playing, and you know, but who? I don't think anybody on that sixty-eight, sixty-nine team, maybe the or the seventy, would have predicted Jack Ham would be in both the college football or the pro football Hall of Fame. Well, but his talent, yeah, and his smarts, smarts, and his gutsiness. I mean, you know. As as you know, his best friend, one of his best, there's several best friends, or one of his best friends being Steve Smear, helped him get yeah. into Penn State. I mean, everything just—it's like the miracle pass at at the last week. It everything has to fall into place, and fortunately, Jack Ham is a nice guy. I guess that's no ego. That that that's you know, you told me that years ago, and I didn't believe it because the first time I met him, I got turned off. And I met him in the street of Minneapolis after one of the games, and I said, "You're Jack Ham." I was up there after the game, and. He, Sort of turned me off, but I understand it now. He's he's a, he's a, in many ways he's a private person. I mean, he he, he doesn't come up here. And, he's probably the last guy that would say, "Oh, you don't have to throw a reception for me." You know, that's right. He'd rather he'd rather go over to uh, that uh, the Penn Stater and and legends yeah. and catch catch up with his friends. But Jack Ham is always like, uh, no matter what happens, Levar Arrington, whatever, you know, down through the years, people will, oh, this is a great player, that's a great player. He's the all-time team. You, you, you got to put Jack Ham up there as number one with whoever else you put up there. He'll often talk about Smear. He'll talk about Mike Reed a lot. Uh, and then when it, the pros, he'll talk about Mel Blunt a lot, Jack Lambert a lot, Mike Wagner a lot, Joe Green a lot, and Elsie Greenwood. He talks about all these other people. And that Andy Russell on the pro level taught him more about linebacker than anybody else. He, yep. I mean, he talks about everybody else. He never talks about what he did. And, and, there, and there's a good example. Giving credit to Andy, who has been overlooked for the Hall of Fame because how, it's like the Packers back in the How can you get everybody in the Hall of Fame? Right. But no, Jack. Jack deserves it, and I hope they give him a, a real shout, a real yeah. welcome uh, on when he's out there at, at the, uh, on uh, game day. Yeah, he'll get uh, he'll be the honorary captain. Then they'll have obviously something else dealing with this, and this is in conjunction with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And the problem is, a hundred thousand show up, and fifty to sixty thousand, maybe more, aren't even going to know why he's getting this honor. I mean, they, they, I think they'll show the video board. But, but but they'll think but they still think Jack, now they think of Jack as the play the, the color man for you yeah. and also the great linebacker, but they don't know exactly his story when he came through. Then there's another uh, person that will be honored and unfortunately he's not with us and that uh, his family will be recognized and that's Fran Fisher is going to be recognized on Saturday. I didn't know that. That's great. Um, you know, Fran and I became very close in the last few years. Uh, I still miss him today. Uh, hey, did wish he's still around. Well, you know what? I, th- this is what I, I wish. I wish that over the years they had found a spot. This, this will be special for his family, for Jeff and Jerry, for the grandchildren. Uh, very, very special for them. But we don't have Fran with us. And Fran deserved to stand out in that field one time and, and feel the appreciation for all stuff that he did and you know i mean i know look i the the people that run the athletic department now this is not i mean they're just doing something that's great and it's right okay so they had nothing to do about not honoring him on the field before but he should have received it well here's here's one of the things my biggest regrets 
Uh, I was campaigning uh, when I started with the, the sports museum <clears throat> and went to a lot of these, went to a lot of the Hall of Fame dinners in New York and realized when I saw Bill, um, the pit guy, pit Bill, Bill Grove. Bill Hillgrove in an elevator up there at the Fulton Astoria getting this award for being the best broadcaster in his, his career. I thought, boy, I better get on it. Fran, Fran Fisher deserves it. Yes. And I started a campaign. I, I got Malcolm Moran interested, who is, is still, you know, Malcolm's a, 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 a was, was here at Penn State, a lot of very well respected sports guy, sports writers with the Indiana University now, ironically. And and uh, he was on board, and we had it, we had it right up to I think uh, Blackledge. His friend is one of the members of as uh, one of the guys that's the top of the. I forget the guy's name, who's probably may even be here. Uh, on the on the on the foundation's Hall of Fame uh, administration, we had it right up until the scandal broke, mm-hmm. and at that point it was finished because, right. you know, I, I, it's hard now. I mean, to to get someone, and in many ways you've taken his place. You've been doing it now for twenty years. Yeah. I mean, and Fran deserves something. And if this is the best we could do, I mean, we, we're going to honor him more. I think in the in the in the. Um, when a museum gets remodeled and, and eventually sure. does some broadcasting, Ken's talked about that. But you and Ken, you and you and you and uh, Fran now are on a on the same level, but not not yet, not really, because he was there at the beginning and started yeah. a lot of stuff. Sure, when it was tough to do, you know. He went around radio station to radio station, made personal visits to get people interested in carrying Penn State football. He did all those caravans that they would go around. To Nittany Lion Club, to Alumni Club, Nittany Lion Club, Alumni Club, I, for years and years and years. Now I do about a dozen of them a year, uh, like on my own. But that's kind of carrying on what he did because I think the connection is still really important. But he did all of it. Well, he he was he was shaking hands right up to the end. I mean, in many ways, yes. because I I I'd, I'd, I'd hook up with him at a at a wrestling match or hook up with him in a basketball game, and and fans would come up and you know, and, and he wouldn't even recognize someone, but he thought he met, treat him like he'd known him for years. And I mean, he had a, he had a great personality. I I, I you know it, it, it's. I, he's the opposite of me. I mean, I, I'm very opinionated and cuss people out, and Fran doesn't say a Never bad knows. word about anybody. Never and, knows. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> and, you know, my, my temperament is just the opposite, but I really miss him uh, in many ways. And, uh, you know, it's hard to believe it's been more than two years now. I mean, I know. I mean, and I'm just, I'm, look, I'm, they're doing the right thing. They're honoring him. But now, now I'll speak to something else that I'm not so sure a lot of people can speak to, but I can speak to it. He does not get enough credit for being a really good play-by-play guy. I think you have to sit in the chair with the traffic and everything like that to know how good somebody was. And he was really good at at conveying the action, the excitement. Maybe you should be out here and watching this because it's really... And he was doing it during an era where not many games were on TV. Right, he, made, right. he was the soundtrack he, of Penn State football. I mean, you had to listen to Fran on Saturdays if you wanted to, wanted to keep up with the game. You could, Or you had to make a phone call in. Even if you made a phone call, you could yes. listen to the game. Or you had to... I mean, I know I was I was, a, you know, I was very busy in another business at the time in radio TV news, and I didn't get back here for any games. And I'd have to call in. I'm calling in a couple times from Disney World. You know, I mean, <laughs> only two games a year would be on TV. Maybe a regular season game in your bowl game. I mean, maybe that. I mean, that's really all you got because it literally was the game of the week. That's all they did at the time. So you'd get, hey, here's that one game, like 1978, the Maryland game. Well, that you was know, the one game. And I and I met him at Joe's first game when being a, being a spotter for Tom Bender. Tom was doing the play by play from Katie K Radio at the time. 
and I met Fran for the first time. But then I became Fran's biography, his Boswell, because I, when I found out he was actually in the Blue Band, it was the year of the freshman. Yeah. I mean, it just goes his whole history. He was a true Penn Stater, and he had a great. He loved baseball too. But people yes. he saw Maz's home run. He saw Babe Ruth's last four home runs of Forbes Field. I mean, yep. I mean, he he saw a lot of things that that people don't realize. I finally got that in print, at least that yeah. that we could document that. But yeah, Fran Fran Fisher. Deserves something more than just being honored at halftime at Penn State football game. Yeah, he he deserves something very very special because a lot of what we see today was the roots of Joe Paterno, Jim Tarman, and Fran Fisher. Penn State could not have hit it any better with all three people that knew how to do their respective jobs to kind of get this thing going in a direction. And they were friends, and they yes. worked together. They liked each other too. That that. You know, um, yeah, it's uh, it, there's a lot of what the su- success today is because of uh, of Joe. I think Fran just sent us a bold. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, that's that. that I know I be, feel safer. That would be him. <laughs> All right, guys, knock it off down there. Knock it off. Stop talking about me. But you know what? Can't help but talk about it because I don't want people to forget that part of it. I don't want them to forget that. It's it's interesting. He and George were together, George Paterno, for six years, and I think many people thought they were together oh, yeah. 50 years. Yeah, because of, because they made such a great combination. Yeah. It, it really is true. I mean, and, 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 as I've written about this before, written about you and Jack and in my in my book about 100 things, they change and no one do and die. See how I got that in there? That's well but, done. But, but uh, I wrote about you two guys uh, and... and uh, and George and, and and Fran being the, the great combination. And when you retire, I'm not sure, you know, or Jack retires, I'm not sure if you know, there'll be somebody out there, but mm-hmm. it's like you can't predict because it's like whoever thought, that, you know, you're the one that told me Saquon Barkley was going to be a great player. We, we were down to Pittsburgh for that yeah. a, a dinner, that luncheon at, every year at the Duquesne Club. And you told me there's this third stringer named Saquon Barkley. I said, who the heck is Saquon Barkley? Now, Quan Barkley has to go down right now. If, if anything, he goes down, still is one of the all-time great Penn State backs. I, I think that Saquon Barkley is to James Franklin what Mike Reed was to Joe Paterno, mm-hmm. the first great player in the infancy of a program that has the chance to take you to another level. That's a good point because Mike swept up all those awards and became, you know, he would have been an all-pro if he'd stayed in in pro football. There's no doubt about it. But you're right. That's a good comparison, even though it's, you know, offense versus defense. Offense offense versus defense. And Mike only played three years. This is Saquon's third year. You know, and and when when Reed started, Penn State was a five-and-five program. So I mean I you know, I'm just I think it's the first great one for each one that then opened the door for some other things. It's amazing. Now, we'll that. see how it plays out past Saquon Barkley, like Joe. Yeah, just kept it going with everybody. I was thinking that today that that uh, at the quarterback club, you know, this is only the fourth year for Franklin, right? I yes. Mean, and Joe's fourth year was what sixty six to seventy. I mean, sixty six, sixty six. I got to count my fingers. Six, six, seventy, sixty eight, sixty nine, and then and then seventy when when Jack's senior year. And it and who who thought Capaletti and they they played for the national championships and so forth and so on. Um, speaking of those uniforms, one more one thing because I know we're getting down to time. 
They mentioned uh, today at uh, what's good, what goes in the quarterback club stays there, but mm-hmm. they mentioned the fact that white shoes are being used. Somebody said that. Yeah, yeah. somebody somebody brought up yeah. a questionnaire brought up about white shoes being. Yeah. And Spider told me because I had forgotten this. You probably know because you're the encyclopedia. I have to go to you. <laughs> but I, the, the first and only time we wore these white shoes, we lost the game, and Joe said never again. And that was that great. Well, great from Alabama's yeah. side, but 1979 uh, Sugar Bowl. But there's a reason behind that. Penn State's playing Alabama. They're playing in the Superdome, and it's on AstroTurf, not field turf, AstroTurf. Penn State at the time was actually an Adidas school that year. All right? So they, they had not transitioned to Nike yet. So they said, look, send us some. Because Penn State had plenty of games on AstroTurf in 1978 until they played this game. I think they played uh, Ohio State was on AstroTurf early in the year in 78. It was the only one. They said, we need shoes. So they sent out. And some players wore black shoes and some wore white. Not everybody wore white shoes. You know, whatever felt comfortable, you wore. And essentially, they were sneakers. Yeah. I mean, essentially, they were sneakers because you're playing on this hard surface. It's just it's a pain in the neck. So they weren't all. Some of them, the majority of them were wearing white because they were the new ones that were brought in. And some were wearing black ones because they were just more comfortable. It was actually a mismatch. (laughs) Well, the game was a mishmash too, as we know yeah, it turned out. It was, uh, unfortunately, yeah. as soon as they call a holding penalty on the on a screen yeah. pass where you yeah. can't find it, you knew you were in yeah, trouble. Yeah, we were and dead. And then a ball yeah. bounced in the end zone, and, and Rob Bolton trapped it. It was a touchdown for Alabama. Yeah, exactly. And the he, ball and, hit the turf. Okay, it doesn't take a genius to see it bounce. If they had instant replay, the game would have been different. But yes. again, that's how things that's how things have changed. You know. Lou Prado joining us in the Sunbury Motors studio. Always a pleasure to hear from my good friend Lou Prado. We'll come back with more in a moment. Picks in the final half hour today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Top of the hour news. Don't forget Shikalumi and Shimokin tonight here on News Radio 1070 WKOK at 7 o'clock, 6 30 the airtime with Kevin Hur and the coach Dick Hort. Salem's Grove's on Eagle 107 tonight. Lewisburg on 100.9 The Valley and Milton on WMLP. Penn State football tomorrow, 3.30 the kickoff. 2 o'clock the airtime for the Deetson Watson tailgate show. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. News and then the play-by-play call today. Next on News Radio 1070, W. UK okay.